This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball Players Edition. Alongside Tony Gwynn Jr., I am Ben Davis. I think between the two of us, we have 27 kids, so. (laughs) (laughs) True story. It is nice to get away from the little rugrats every now and talk a little baseball. But uh, I just want to let the the fans listen. You can listen anytime, anywhere, because it is a part of Radio.com which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free. You can listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. You can explore by location or genre to find music, news, and sports from your local, from your own location, or across the country. And you can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. So we have a great show for you today. i uh, got a lot to talk about with regards to the All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby, uh, and later on the, in the program, we're going to have Cody Decker, um, who's been in the news recently with, uh, you know, kind of a, a good way to go out. We'll leave it at that. A good <laughs> way, a great way to go out. I think we all dream of going out like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, um, you know, I guess we can start it off as to, you know, what's going on. And I think some news that made the headlines just a little bit before the All-Star break was the quote from Justin Verlander. And he is not happy about the baseballs, Tony. No, no. And listen, part of the, the, the intrigue about the All-Star game, aside from the game, right, is you have all the festivities, but you get all of the main stars in one place. So for media members like myself and, and you, Ben, uh, it, this is like the perfect scenario, right? You get all the biggest, brightest stars in one room. You can stick a mic in their face and ask them some tough questions. And... Uh, As you said, Justin Verlander just called it like he saw it, basically. He Mm -hmm. he feels like the balls have been doctored, have been juiced. I think the word is everybody that everybody's using. And um, I can't disagree with him. There's a clear, clear difference this season 
watching the baseballs go. I mean, there's about 20 guys on pace for for 40 home runs this year. So, uh, and, and if you don't believe that, this is the first year in the minor leagues that they've decided to use major league baseballs, and they're going to shatter records mm-hmm. all season long with the home run ball. So clearly, there's a difference in, in the ball because in the past, AAA has always used a different ball than the big leagues. That is no longer the case, and the home run numbers in the minor leagues are through the roof. So listen, he he said something. Tony Clark came out, who's the the president of the uh, the Major League Players Association. He didn't. He wasn't as candid, but he basically said the same thing. There's something going on with the balls. And then uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, proceeded to tell us all that there's nothing wrong with the baseball. So I don't know what's going on, but clearly there are uh, some guys, especially Justin Verlander, who, by the way, has given up I think 20 plus home runs this season. That may have something to do with his his feelings towards the mm-hmm. baseball, but uh, clearly there's something going on there. Yeah, there's definitely something going on. And, and for those that didn't hear the exact quote, I'll give you a couple snippets of it. He goes, it's a blanking <laughs> joke, said, said the eight-time All-Star. He said, Major League Baseball is turning this game into a joke. He said, they own Rawlings, and you've got Manfred up here saying it might be the way they center the pill. They own the blanking company. If any other $40 billion company bought out a $400 million company and the product changed dramatically, it's not a guess as to what happened. We all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what did he say? He said, he, we want more offense. And yes, all of a sudden, he comes in, the balls are juiced. It's not a coincidence. We're not idiots. <laughs> so you think, Tell us how you really feel, Justin. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And I got to agree with him. And the thing that I don't like about it is Manfred comes back out, and he said, it's, it's really, we don't have – we don't have any ideas of what's going on. He said baseball has done nothing, given no direction for an alteration in the baseball. You know, the, the biggest flaw in that logic, that baseball somehow wants more home runs, if he sat in an owner's meeting and listened to the people talk about the way the game is played, that is not the sentiment among the owners for whom I work. Well, the fact is, he said the balls have not been altered. You, you, I, I don't understand how he can come out and say that with a straight face. I, honestly, I really? don't because there's, like you just said, there's more guys on pace that hit 40 home runs. This is a joke. These balls are flying, but I don't, don't, don't placate me, okay? Right, I'm not, right. I, I like to think of myself, I may be dumb, but I ain't stupid. And, you know, <laughs> I don't come out and say that. The balls are not the same. You can feel a difference. I mean, honestly, I just, yesterday, I swear to you, I, I took out a, uh, some new balls for my son. My son, my oldest and I went out hitting yesterday. So I got rid of some older ones and I grabbed some new ones. And I felt them and I felt the ones from like three years ago. It, they're not even close. There's no seams on them. The balls, it's like a chalk ball. I mean, there's there's no seams. The pitchers can't get that rotation on them. And the balls, just, they're coming out flatter. They're, it's just completely different as to how they're coming off the bat. Completely different. No, it, there's, there's no question in my mind that the balls are different and uh and when you talk to pitchers around the league they all will tell you that the balls are different now they're trained athletes so they're gonna just deal with the circumstances they have and just go out and do the best they can with it but there's no doubt that the ball's different in regards to what Manfred said about the owners I don't disagree that when he sits in the owners meeting that they tell him this game is 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 hurting us it's not it may it's not easy to sell to our fans uh, because there's too much downtime. 
Okay, but home runs doesn't hurt that. So they may not be saying, hey, we want more home runs, but they certainly aren't saying, hey, man, uh, we need to change the ball back to what it was. So there's probably some truth into what Rob Manfred said, but there's no doubt until they figure out better ways to get uh, the game, have more action, the the best thing that they could do as far as that's concerned, is continue to allow the home runs because if you're getting no action and then you're on top of that, you're getting no offense. Now you got yourself a, a, a real conundrum, right? Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it makes sense that the owners aren't saying, you know, we need more home runs, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that the ball hasn't been altered to kind of keep things where they are until they come up with some solutions because it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, I had a conversation with a former minor league coach of mine, and that's how I came up with the numbers about uh, the the home runs in, in the minor leagues in AAA, especially. And he was saying it, it is an absolute joke. And and there they're dealing with all kinds of different altitude places, mm-hmm. not just in the major leagues where it's Colorado. You're talking about Reno. You're talking about Albuquerque. You're talking about places where the ball flies. Colorado Springs being another one. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it, to me, that is the biggest evidence: the fact that AAA is using the same ball as Major League Baseball. And they're on par and it and are about to pass what the Major League Baseball is doing with the home run. So to me, there's no question something's going on. But and Rob and the one defense Rob Manfred has is could he actually come out and say, yeah, we altered the ball? Didn't know. Didn't there's all credibility is lost in the numbers that are are given up. At least right now we get to have an argument about it. Should he come out and admit to it? Uh, I think that argument would 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 go away and, and people would not look at the game the same way. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell we call it. Do we call it, you know, we had the dead ball error. And then we had the live, <laughs> then we had the live ball area. This would be the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl era. You know, those balls you used to get in the quarter, you put your quarter in, you get one of those balls, you bounce it, they shoot all over the place. This is the Super Bowl era. <laughs> that's good. We got a new name for it. That's, that's great. Well, I, I will say that Rob Manfred, he, Ranford, he, he did catch a break. With the oh. All-Star game. Uh, because after what happened last year, the ball's flying out of the game. I think this year it just really showed just how good some of these pitchers are out there. Yeah. It was it was a joy to watch. It was a two-hour and 48-minute All-Star game. 2.48 was the final number on it. And um, you're watching you watch the game as it goes on. You're thinking, is anybody going to score? Because these lineups are so stacked. And we talked about it last week with the talent, the young talent that's in the in the league now uh these guys can mash they're they're line to line guys they can go out at any part of the ballpark but in last night's all-star game it didn't seem to be the case no i mean listen i I don't think we've the 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 one thing that hasn't changed about baseball is that good pitching beats good hitting 99 percent of the time and that's what you saw it was basically a and i hate to use the term steroids but the all-star game was a spring training game on steroids right you get one pitcher out of the bullpen, you space him for one inning, here comes another one. But they're all elite coming out of the bullpen. So yeah. you're not you're not getting a chance to, to really dig in and, and figure out how this guy is attacking you. Uh, so that's always going to be a tough thing. But you're right. Rob Manfred caught a big break because after last year, the five, I think it was five home runs that were hitting that all-star game. And then you look at how many homers are being hit this season. I think everybody assumed that we were in for – Basically a slugfest, no matter who was pitching. And that just wasn't the case. You had some pitchers come. I mean, listen, Cody Bellinger, who probably is the front runner for MVP right now, he punched out twice in his first two at-bats. And yeah. and it really wasn't even close, to be honest with you. So uh, it, does, it does give you some insight to how good 
the pitching is in this league right now. And yeah. and maybe maybe that's why, you know, the ball baseball needed to be changed because the pitching last night was was as good as it gets. And we didn't even get a chance to see my man Kirby Yates because uh, he was slated to pitch the bottom of the ninth and the National League ever got to that. Never got to it. But you know what? I, I think it was a – you know what was on display last night from the pitchers? Because everybody throws 95 to 100, right? That's just That's just a given. So you have all these guys. I remember Soroka came in the game. He threw a pitch at ninety-one. I'm like, am I my eyes deceiving me? <laughs> but, but so you had you had everyone throwing ninety-five to hundred. But I think what set the pitching apart last night was the off-speed pitches. Yeah, Look at the, yeah. that first inning with uh, Verlander versus Freeman. I mean, Verlander threw him two nasty, nasty curveballs and got Freeman looking. And it was Freeman kind of walked away like, what was that? He took a fastball because he, he was mic'd up. He said, I never take a fastball. What, what am I doing? <laughs> but I, I think, and then you saw some of the pitches that Walker Bueller was throwing later oh, on in the game. He Nasty. was throwing 92-mile-an-hour sliders mm-hmm. that were just filthy. And he listen, I, I, I've been impressed with him because I've seen him a lot. Uh, he stood out to me yesterday. Uh, the kid from uh, Oakland stood out for me, too. He had a nice, strong inning. I think Hendricks was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a really nice, strong inning. The, as far as pitching is concerned, Major League Baseball is in a good place. I mean, even with the hitters. I mean, I know it was an off night. The one thing that I thought about was all of the young talent that kept coming to the plate. This game is in a good place as mm-hmm. far as talent. If they can figure out a way to have more action in this game, Oh man, this could be this could be a, a a really important era in baseball if they can get that part figured out. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm with you 100. percent And you talk about the young talent. I mean, it seems like every team has a couple guys on it that you're like, okay, this guy's gonna be in the league for a long, long time. Do you think that's a direct correlation to? And I I don't like the fact that. Um, Sports today, the kids are getting so streamlined. It's like, all right, you need to pick a sport, Junior, because you're not playing three sports. Yeah, I was the oddball. Yeah. And when I was in high school, I was the oddball amongst my, my buddies because I only played two sports. They all played three sports. But I think you're starting to see that it's getting more streamlined. They're getting so uh, so set. Their, their minds are so set on one sport. I think that's why these guys, when they're coming up, they're getting to this level at such a younger age because that's all they're doing is that one sport. As much as I don't like it, I think at some point it does does help the player. Listen, Ben, I, I have uh, some travel ball teams out here in San Diego, and when I first started, when Chris, my Uncle Chris and I first started this organization, that was what we were all about. We wanted got t- athletes that played multiple sports and, 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 and were able to have different movement patterns that you don't get from playing baseball. But the reality is, as I've learned over the last couple of years, the reality is, is that kids are specializing in sport, in a sport, at a much earlier age. It used to be, okay, you got to around your junior year in high school, you had to pick one. But mm-hmm. prior to that, you played as many sports as you can, and that's just not the case. So kids will fall behind if they're playing multiple sports now, it seems like. And unless they are just this uber-talented athlete, they don't. They got to focus in on one. And I think you're right. It, it, it does... It does play into the fact that guys are coming to the big league level, and although they may be rough around the edges, they are more prepared than we were, uh, I think, you know, without the minor league time. You know, they can Mm -hmm. come up to the big leagues, and they may struggle out the gate, but because they've been preparing a lot earlier than we used to, I think they are better, better prepared and better equipped to handle the the struggles and they usually come out of it and last night's all-star game was a testament to that to see all the young talent come up there i mean the fact that 
you got guys who are six years in the league referring to Baez. Javier Baez is, was talking about the young guys, and he's referring to them as kids. And mm-hmm. I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Javier Baez is 26 years old. But he's been in the league for six years, so mm-hmm. he's got that 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 status to be able to call these one and two year players kids because he's been in the league that long. But he's only twenty six, and I think the All Star game kind of kind of kind of showed you where the league is at from a youth standpoint, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's they are set for a lot of years, and one of those young players. Uh, if we get back to the home run derby here for a second. Um, oh, Lord. And I thought Ooh. I thought that was just pure excitement watching that. Uh, and one guy in particular I want to talk about is Ronald Acuna Jr., who I thought last year he's the rookie of the year consensus. I, I like Juan Soto from Washington as yeah, well. Yeah. But I thought what I saw out of Acuna last year, I thought, okay, this kid's a, they'll figure him out. They'll figure out how to pitch to him. Watching that home run derby the other night made me realize that. He is really hard to pitch to. Yeah. I, I've never seen a guy in a home run derby use the entire field. I mean, some guys will say you're righty. I've seen some guys really narrow it down to right center to the left field foul line. I mean, he was going down the right field foul line. I, I, I have never seen that in a home run derby. Uh, you know, he obviously did when Peter Alonzo won it um, in just an unbelievable exhibition that he that he showed but Acuna this guy's going to be really good for a lot of years and the Braves locked him up for cheap Woo! did they ever I mean hey whoever negotiated that deal in the Braves front office deserves a very good raise because how you get that kid for that little of a price is is just mind-blowing to me Mm -hmm. and you're right his hitting skills were on display it wasn't his power skills he wasn't he wasn't really one of the guys trying to launch balls as far as he could he was just out there hitting. And as you said, I don't know. I think of maybe one one other player I can think of that used both sides of the field like that. Nelson Cruz comes to mind when he was in the home run derby. For the most part, everybody pulls the ball. He gets no further than center field. You're right. He sprayed the ball all over it. And it gave you some insight if you hadn't watched Acuna uh, play that much. It gave you some insight to how good of a hitter he is. There's a reason yeah. why... He's at the leadoff spot. He gets on base. He can he can steal you a bag, but he's just a good hitter in general. And that was that was on display for sure uh, in that home run derby. But I mean, how do you not pay attention to a guy like Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I mean, yeah. he hits he breaks the record uh, in his first round and then ties his own new record in the second round with 29 home runs. By the way, he hit 91 home runs. That is already tied for the most home runs in home run derby history. And he's only been in one contest, by the way. <laughs> hey, can you imagine taking batting practice for a whole week? I wouldn't even come close to 91 home runs. Even no. in my prime. You know what I mean? In my no. prime. Not even close. No, no. And, and and the the best part about the contest was they. I think they finally found some rules that are that make it fun to watch on TV as well as in the building, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're in the building... You're not paying attention to time as much. You're just you're just so enamored by the long home runs. You're watching them land. Now they've come up with rules that for people who aren't there at the game can still enjoy it because it's it's as quick pace as you can get. Guys got to get as many swings as they can with a clock there. I think the clock changed the entire complexity of home run derby, and I think it it, it gave it gave new life to home run derby because for a while there 
it was kind of floundering. We didn't we didn't know if we were going to continue to do it there for right. a minute. And since they've added the time, the clock to the to the home run derby, I think it's a game changer. I really yeah, do. Yeah, without a doubt. Plus the million dollar bonus to whoever. Yeah, that, that always helps too. <laughs> that that does big, help. Big money. But yeah. you know what? That you talk about the clock. You know, you got to wait for the ball to land. That's what we've seen the last couple of years. Yes. I think that rule. I thought it giveth to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And at the end, it taketh it took, away. Yeah, it did. Because he did. was gassed. I was down the shore last week, and they had the, the home run uh, derby replaying from last year. And it was the one that Bryce Harper won. And it was, you know, he's waiting for the ball to land. And my nephew, who is a football player, said, uh, he goes, boy, that would be fun. I said, yeah, it's fun, but boy, is that exhausting. Oh. And, he looks, and he, he looks at me, and he goes, he goes, are you serious, Uncle Ben? And I go, first of all, yes. Secondly, you play one game a week. Pipe it. And I said, <laughs> I said, I, I said, it is exhausting swinging the bat that violently for that long time after time. And I was thinking to myself, you know, when Pete Alonso came up to his first at bat last night, I said, I wonder how he's feeling, you know, in you know this he's game. sore. He's got to be sore, right? And <laughs> you don't, uh, you don't take that many swings in a day through the course of 162 games. So no. unless he had been like building up and like actually preparing for it, I highly doubt that he felt anything other than being sore yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's and plus, it, it's not just the swings you take on the field because you got to stay loose, right? I mean, the one time, Vladimir Guerrero, he didn't hit for a whole hour. A whole hour. Yeah. So he's going to be down in the cage taking flips, taking ball. You know what I mean? So he's still That's more swinging. swings. Yeah. You know, it's more swings down below. So, uh, But I thought Major League Baseball, that is, uh, no pun intended, it was a well, home run. Home One more run, thing. What they did with that. One more thing with the home run derby. I think this year we will see less dudes struggle after the break. One of the things I've always paid attention to is the guys who are in it. If the home run derby fits their swing, like I always thought, Prince Fielder was perfect for for home run derby because that's how he swings normally. Right. And I thought the but the guys, with the exception of maybe Acuna, uh, all really didn't have to change their swings in order to to be in that home run derby. As you saw, Acuna spread the ball out, you know, across the across from line to line. That's something he normally does. You got Alonzo and Vladimir Guerrero who swing hard anyway. So they this thing was kind of set up for their types of swings, and I don't think they had to alter it too much. Therefore, I don't think there will be the kind of drop-offs we see from guys who, you know, maybe have to alter their swings to be in the derby and then create some bad habits, and then it kind of kind of snowballs from there. Yeah, I think that those swings that those guys possess, they are hitters first and foremost. Right. And I think, you know, then the it, all the, what is a home run, right? It's it's a pitcher's mistake. You're taking exactly. the same swing, but it's just not, you know, you're just you're just getting a better pitch to hit, taking the same swing and the ball goes out of the park. So, uh, you know, from that aspect, I think it's uh those guys are not going to be affected that much. But uh but, you know, kudos to Major League Baseball for setting that up because it was it was a joy to watch. The home run derby was great. The All-Star game was great. It's just a great four days and i know these guys are you know anxious to get a couple more days off which is uh i know i wish i would have had four days off back during the all-star break back when we had it we only got the three days off and you know me being an east coast guy i'd have to fly home if, <laughs> right. I, wanted to, if I wanted to fly home i fly all the way five hours across the country that's a day fly, it's a whole day you know yeah. and um so to having that that fourth day i think uh you know in the new cba that the players signed last time it was, it's great that they can get those four days off well but, you, uh, you know you know since the All-Star game has now passed. You know, now you start moving into the second half of the season. The first, I guess, deadline that pops up is the trade deadline. And there are some teams 
and players that are going to you're going to hear their name so much in the next two and a half weeks, whether it be true rumors or false rumors, you're going to hear a boatload of them. And, you know, whether it's Bumgarner, whether it's Kirby Yates, Zach Wheeler, uh, these guys are going to all, There's these are the type of names you're going to start hearing, and you're going to start hearing them a lot here in these next few weeks. Yeah, yeah, you are. And um, me, because I've seen him so much, I think the number one, obviously it depends. If you don't need a starting pitcher, obviously you're not going to get one. You're going to look for a bullpen piece. But I think that the greatest chip out there is Zach Wheeler. I know he's got a little bit higher ERA this year than what he had last year. He's been injury-plagued over the years. But when this guy's on it, I mean, he is on it. He reminds me of Jacob deGrom. That's, that's, mm. who I, that's what I think when I see him. He's free and easy. He's 97 to 99. Similar a, body types. You know, similar body types, similar stuff. Um, I think, obviously, deGrom has been way more consistent. But I think Zach Wheeler could be the piece. You know, obviously on the same team, Noah Syndergaard is is slated to go somewhere. They don't know where he. They said he might end up in Houston. Um, you know, yeah, that would be. That. Can you imagine having Verlander, Cole, and Thor? That I mean, that that would virtually be like the Golden State Warriors of baseball. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you just loading up when you already have a whole bunch of really good pitchers. You're just going to add another one, and that would. I mean, listen, if they can get a guy like Wheeler. You come playoff times, power arms rule mm-hmm. the day. And yep. if you have four or five power arms in your rotation, your chances of winning a World Series go up so much higher than they would. With And they are it's already high with the rotation they have. So yeah. uh, I think he's going to be an interesting one. I know the Padres are saying they're going to have to have the, the doors blown off of them in order for them to move Kirby Yates, uh, a deal that they can't even foresee uh, unless you know the package is crazy. I don't see him moving anywhere. You got Bumgarner who might be dealing, may or may not be dealing with some type of injury. You know, teams are going to want They're going to be checking on him to the very last minute. I know uh, the Padres have had uh, scouts, amongst other teams, watching the Minnesota Twins because uh, they, they have a, a very good prospect uh, tree down there that uh, a lot of teams are watching. And, and with Minnesota being at the forefront of that American League Central, uh, they're probably going to make some moves to strengthen their team as well. Yeah, and you talk about some really good farm systems. Obviously, the Twins have it. I mean, you, you're seeing what the, the, the Padres have been able to do, stockpiling. Yeah. Can you imagine if, if they do trade Yates, even adding some more pieces to that minor league system? It, I, it, mean, it, I mean, listen, that that to me is the big question because the Padres are two and a half games out of the wild card. Now, You've you've stayed with the course. You've stayed with the plan for the last four years. Do you alleviate? Do you alleviate from that plan when you know that the 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 time the date that you actually said that you would be competing is twenty twenty? You're there. You possibly are there a little bit one year early, but are you prepared for that? Because the Padres have a, a, I think a few holes in their big league club that they would have to fill. That I don't know moving a guy like Kirby Yates is going to actually help. So. Do you stand pat and see what you get from there and then maybe make some moves in the offseason, or do you go for it? And I think that is the interesting part of baseball this year with the deadline. With there only being one deadline, there are going to be a bunch of teams. I mean, outside of the Dodgers and the and the Braves, everybody else is pretty much bunched up in the in the middle. And you could very well say, I mean, the Pirates are, I think, are five out of a wild card. And they're like one of they're still a team that could be a buyer or seller. Outside of that, there's maybe two or three teams that are definite sellers, but everybody else has a tough decision to make come here in these next couple weeks. 
Yeah, and it's going to be tough because July 31st, nothing after that. So these GMs are going to have their work cut out for them. And, um, you know, when when do you do it? Do you, do you stay in it to the end or do you, do you cut bait now and, and try and replenish some of that farm system? But uh, I'm anxious to see what goes on, on in the second half. I think there's this, um, this is just going to be a, an awesome awesome second half a lot of close races i think the nl east is going to go down to the wire i think the nl central is going to go down to the wire um i, I don't know i i i think that the al central is going to be a lot closer than what you might. i think. do too i do too cleveland has started to pick it up and you know they haven't even they've done this without a Jose Ramirez, who was an MVP candidate last year. You know what I'm saying? He's hitting like 215, right. 220. really struggled this year. And and they're still, what, I think they're like five and a half out. This was after the Twins had his lead up almost as big as 10. So uh, you wonder if that young team knows how to close out a division. Uh, you, you know Cleveland does. They've been there for the past two, three years. So uh, it, it is. It's going to be very interesting. I think that Central gets a lot closer. But that's the intriguing part this year. No longer can you, you know, lay low until after the deadline and catch somebody off of waivers. There's no more of that. you got to make a decision now, and that decision could change the, the trajectory of your organization with the right or wrong move. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, look at the, look at the NL Central. You have Cincinnati's in last place, right? They're in fifth place. They're only four and a half games out yes. of first place. Yes. And this is a team that has demolished the baseball over the last so many seasons and they've had zero pitching this year is the complete opposite so at some point i think the reds they have to get hot from an offensive standpoint because the pitching has been way better than i think what they thought it was going to be and they're they're four and a half games back pittsburgh two and a half games back st louis just two and milwaukee a half game back behind the front running cubs i think the nl central will be very fun to watch and those guys are going to beat up on each other the second half and it's going to be it's going to be joy to watch yeah I my think, mistake i had i had pittsburgh and cincinnati flip-flop i said pittsburgh was five five back but you're right it's the other way around cincinnati is is, is farther back out than pittsburgh yeah i mean it's over in the west but the, the east and the central i think is going to go down to the wire it's, it's going to be fun and, all right we're going to go with the world series pick and who you got junior uh i got the dodgers and the astros in the world series i got the dodgers winning in seven uh that could change if they are to get a center guard and add him to the rotation. Uh, but right now, I don't see a team that's as complete and as healthy as the Dodgers have been all season long. The Astros are right there in the same category. They've just been nicked up all season long. And I uh, haven't seen a lot of Altuve this year. George Springer's just getting back off the DL. Uh, so they've had some injuries. I think they'll be in it towards the end. I'm just not sure how healthy they'll be when they get to that point of the season. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what, what goes on here. But I got, believe it or not, I got the, the Dodgers and the Yankees. I Ooh, think it's, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think the Yankees, it's just too much of a lineup. I'm sorry, it, it's just too much. And I know good pitching beats good hitting, but everyone in that lineup is a really good hitter. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't see how they cannot get there. Their bullpen is dynamite. All the stars have to do is just give me five innings. All right, just yeah. give me five and turn it over <laughs> that bullpen. It's I, I got I got the Yankees and I got the Dodgers, but I got the Dodgers winning in six. Yeah, in the series in a in a series against the Yankees, you can't afford to let them get the lead. Like no. you, you got to be on top of them because that bullpen is the best in baseball. It's as good as it gets. It's as deep as it gets too, which is 
which makes it tough because they can run out. They can afford to – in a playoff series, you won't even have to go five. You know, you can pull guys out early. The most games in a row you're going to play in a playoff series is two. So there's the rest is there. You could – if the Yankees if the Yankees wanted to, they could save their starters for, you know, later in the series and yeah. go with the bullpen and be perfectly fine with it. Yeah, without a doubt. And – that it's just good. Can you imagine that matchup though? The Dodgers and the Yankees. I mean, talk oh about rate. Talk about ratings. Man, my God. That, ML, that, MLB is praying for that right now. Yeah, they are. They are. That's yeah. <laughs> that's like I a mean, that's like a Lakers Celtics in basketball right there. Yeah, but you know, contrary. Can you imagine the you know the Twins and the Brewers? Oh gosh, I that's mean, a, that's Major League Baseball's nightmare. <laughs> that's the worst nightmare. <laughs> you know, nothing against those teams. It's just no. that they're not nationally covered. No, you know? they're not. So, but yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a fun, exciting half. So, uh, looking forward to see what what happens. Let's bring aboard Cody Decker, uh, who just retired epically, by the way, uh, following eleven seasons in the minor leagues and, uh, and a walk off home run in his final at bat uh, this past Saturday. Uh, he, he was a, he was an active career leader in home runs in the minors, two hundred and four of them, and after a thousand and thirty three games at that level. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Decker6. Uh, Cody, how are you doing today, brother? Oh, you know, just living this Twilight Zone version of the dream, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell us a little bit about that walk-off, right? You, you knew before the game it was going to be your last one. Uh, you get up for that at-bat, knowing it's your, probably your last at-bat. Is, is it something where you're, like, trying to go deep? Or because it's your last at-bat, you just throw all, all caution out to win? Or did it just kind of happen that way? And it honestly kind of happened that way because I, I completely, at that point of the game, I completely forgot it was my last game, my last mm. bat. It was uh, kind of a whirlwind game. I, I, it was my first game in a week and a half. I, I just came off the injured, uh, injured list because I had a chin contusion that the Diamondbacks told me I had. So I had to miss about <laughs> a week. And, uh, you know, it was my first game in about a week and a half. So I got up to the plate the first, earlier in the game and I paid three times. So I was having a great day. And... When it came around the eighth, uh, we were down by one. I had bases loaded with two outs. I had a game-tying single, We took the, and then we took the lead. And I'm in left field just sitting there going, man, you know, that's a good way to end it. And our closer, Jimmy Scherke, who does not give up a lot of runs, just happened to give up two runs. And uh, I'm sitting there in left field all charged up that we gave up the lead. He's going, ah, whatever, I'm hitting third next inning. I'm going to walk off. And at no point did I actually think I was going to do that. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I but mean, I, uh, I, kind of, yeah, I come up to the plate. They're throwing their closer. We got a guy on base. You know, he hits a double to lead off the inning. And right when that happened, I'm like, we're going to win. And all I was thinking about was, all right, this guy on the mound throws fire. He's, you know, bottoms out at 97. I'm just like, I walk up the plate. I'm like, all right, get on time to this fastball. He's going to throw you at least one. Uh, if he throws me three hammer sliders, he got me. Um, but I'm not going to get beat on a fastball. I'm just not going to let it happen. So first pitch fastball, and I foul it back. I was on time, but I was furious with myself that I fouled it back. And I, I just kind of came around and yelled at myself, let's go, you know, on time to the fastball. And I just convinced myself, no matter what, he's throwing that fastball. So he gave me the next pitch, and I hammered it. And the first thought came to mind, because at that exact moment off the bat, everything just slowed down. Everything went right. like, pimp this home run. Pimp it. You've never <laughs> pimp a home run in your entire career. Why not? I just took off. Uh, and uh, I, by the time I get the first base, I see it go over the wall, and I'm, uh, I'm like, all right, let's slow down and really take our time and enjoy this moment. Good. And I look back at the video, I'm like, all right, I didn't do that at all. I stayed on a sprint <laughs> all the way around, and I kind of raised my right arm in celebration. 
And, uh, you know, I was just, it was so, uh, it was so exciting in that moment that I didn't savor that moment all that much, but the next 10 minutes, uh, you know, I crossed home plate and we celebrated like we won the pennant. Guys on the other team didn't know what was going on. So one of their pitchers even said to one of our players, well, that was a bit much. That's awesome. That's all. But Cody, before I get to my question, I would like to correct my co-host over there. Uh, you know, he's out on the West Coast. He's running a little late, but he said, were you trying to hit a home run? Where are we always trying to hit a home run? I mean, seriously. I don't think well, I've ever gotten in the box and be like, you know what? Let me punch this single through the right side. <laughs> well, <laughs> Tony, I don't have, I don't got your legs, man. I, 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 if I don't get on second base, I ain't scoring. I'm just gonna the bases and ruin other people's extra base hits. Touche, touche, touche. Well, Cody, you can hear in your voice the passion that you have for the game. What are you gonna yeah, miss yeah. the most? Um, you know, I, I was kind of reflecting on it the other day. I was thinking, you know, like, I had a couple accolades. I did get a, a, a moment in the big leagues. And um, it just, um, I, I, what I'm taking away is the relationships I was able to build. Um, yeah. if, if, if someone's legacy can really be that they were a good teammate and a good guy and, you know, maintain those relationships post-playing career, I think that's, that I hit that walk-off. It was how excited my teammates were for me at that time. After that game, I mean, I hugged every single guy on the field for long hugs, almost like passionate hugs. And then um, they threw me back out on the field for a, for a curtain call, and the whole team was on the top step giving me a standing ovation. I mean, that's a moment I'll remember for the rest of my, my, rest of my life. Now, now, Cody, you, you were selected in the second round by the San Diego Padres. I think you, I don't think, I know you and I uh, ran into each other in that 09 year when I got traded over. So our first spring training together was in 2010. Uh, at that point in your career, when you're just getting started, like w- w- the expectations for yourself at that point, obviously, is to get to the big leagues. What was it like early in your career? Because you were you were with the Padres for for quite some time and never really got that opportunity. How how did you deal with it? You know, later in your career. But first, at the beginning, what was the expectation like for you coming out of out of school? Well, you know, I was a 22nd round senior sign, and you know, Tony Clark, the head of the players union, even when I asked him a question about why. I, you know, why I can't get protected after going to the big leagues. He said, he said it, he summed it up best. He said, well, Beck, you know, you were never supposed to make it. Mm. I was never really that guy that was supposed to be a guy. I was, I was a, I was a, you know, I was drafted almost like just as an extra body. But then I came in my first year and I showed that I could really hit. And I just had to keep hitting my way up for the next seven years. And there were times where I was, baffled that I didn't get a shot to go up, but I think I just also, I played for the Padres at the worst possible time for a guy like Yes, you Um, did. I was drafted in 09, 22-year-old, senior sign, and during my seven years there, I had five different general managers, uh, three, four different um, heads of of player development, three different owners, and I just, every new guy that came in just kind of kept bringing in their guy and just kept bumping me down a little further. And it just, I had, to, I had to win over every new front office I had. And luckily I was able to do it, but every time I did it, the front office would change. Um, so I just kept putting up the numbers and tried to have as much fun as I could. There were times where it was challenging, but, you know, looking back at it, I'm just, you know, I'm thankful for playing for that organization. I, I loved the Padres. I, yeah. I never wanted to leave. I wanted to be there my whole career. Uh, it just happened that I ended up playing for almost every organization since. 
like myself. <laughs> I can I, I, I can relate to that a little bit. <laughs> He's been all over. Uh, you know, get, not to, not to uh, bring down the 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 moment, but um, obviously the passing of Tyler Skaggs. You knew Tyler since he was a kid. What's the a couple things you remember about Tyler? One, he's just a great guy. Uh, you know, I, I Tyler Tyler's mom was my teacher. Um, Tyler, I was four. I'm four years older than Tyler. I was a senior in college when he was a senior in high school. You know, we always stayed in touch. But I, I'll let me give you. Uh, can I tell you about the last time I saw Tyler? Sure, please do. At Chase. Chase Stadium, <laughs> and we were at the Royal Rumble, the WWE pay-per-view, and I was doing a lot of stuff with the Diamondbacks for TV for them, and I get a text from Tyler saying, hey, you're here? I said, yeah. He, so he came over to the front row, and I was sitting with uh, Luis Gonzalez, name drop, and Tyler, <laughs> he used to play for the Diamondbacks, comes over and chats with me for like five minutes, he just chatted, hey, let's, let's get together in spring training, yada, yada. just you know, having great friendly banter, and he looks over at Luis Gonzalez, and he says, Tony, so good to see you again, and then walks away, and I just kind of put my head down, hoping that Luis Gonzalez didn't hear Tyler call him Tony. Tony. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, 20 seconds goes by, my head's still down, just looking like nothing happened, and then just Luis Gonzalez finally turns his head to me, he's like, it's not that he called me Tony. It was that he had. <laughs> and I just lost it. And I was waiting, for 20 minutes goes by, and I get a text from Tyler, and he just goes, did I just call Luis Gonzalez Tony? Sure <laughs> <laughs> did. And he just uh, sent me that, you know, that, that gif of Homer Simpson backing into the weed. Yeah. Uh, he's the, he, Tyler was just the best. He was a kind-hearted, hard-working. You can tell by how this has affected everybody. He was a special cat. And uh, he's going to be missed every day that he's gone. And I, I'm... Uh, my heart is in love is with his family and his wife Carly and his mom Debbie and just there there won't be another Tyler. No, I, I think all of baseball is kind of in the same spot that you are. I think all of our hearts go out to Tyler's family and uh, he's definitely going to be. You can see the impact that it had uh, on his teammates and, and really across baseball. Thanks for coming on, brother. We, we appreciate, appreciate your it. time, man. Hey, Thanks so much. Thanks Best of luck. Well, that'll do it for this latest edition of Big Time Baseball, brought to you by Radio.com Sports. Alongside Tony Gwynn Jr., I am Ben Davis. Players Edition was presented by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, have a good one. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey.